Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcroft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we are set to talk the stuff of cinema. And as it is Wednesday evening, I do have Father Mike Ritter with me, just not um, by way of telephone like last week, but he is back in the hot seat this evening. So, Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. Hey, it's good to be back in the hot seat, as you yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. You know, Father Mike, I listened to the radio program after it aired, and uh, I like how you sounded uh, on the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this more often. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So we left last week saying that we were going to go to the movie theater, and, well, we never made it to the movie theater, and part of the reason was that you were gone. Yeah. Uh, but also... I had uh, gotten a number of requests, uh, three requests, to talk about Wonder Woman. Hmm. And so while Wonder Woman is not necessarily in the movie theaters, and it's not even really a new release, it did come out last year, and it, it certainly is a, a hot uh, topic still. Sure. Um, that's what Wonder Woman does, I guess. <laughs> no, but, you know, Father Mike, we've talked about the superhero movie already. Uh, we talked about The Incredibles, uh, certainly The Black Panther last month, and to talk about those movies really did afford us the opportunity to talk about those themes that are typical to the superhero movie, the hybrid of the ordinary, super ordinary, that mingling of the natural and supernatural, as well as why we are so drawn to the need to watch something that has a villain in it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on there. So we explored those topics, among other things. Certainly this evening will allow us the opportunity to talk about some of that and what is typical to a superhero movie, but Wonder Woman does offer something that is unique. And what I mean by that is, while every superhero movie has that um, perennial superhero myth, mm-hmm. you know, where you you have someone leaving the, the very safe domesticity of a home to, to go save the world, and mm-hmm. certainly that's in Wonder Woman, there's something unique to what she does. Yeah. Uh, and, and what makes her a superhero. And it's just not that she's a woman, right? right? It, it's more than that. I know, kind of like we talked about last time with Black Panther, this movie has been used for a lot of uh, political agenda. I was reading some commentaries this morning, and goodness gracious, <laughs> you know, man, there's been a lot of, lot of write-ups on Wonder Woman. But there are other things that we are set to explore. But the first thing we're going to explore is the reality of myth. Because Father Mike... If you have a problem with myth and you're a Christian, you probably won't want to watch this movie. But that's why we are on air yeah. to help clarify why that might be a problem. Well, and I would say that the first thing is we haven't understood myth. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> the yes. first thing I want to say, I mean, and this movie is very deeply rooted in myth and, and specifically Greek mythology with Zeus and all that kind of stuff and the Amazons. And I walked away from that movie and I thought to myself, maybe my mom is an Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super athletic, kind of violent, like very intense. Wouldn't want to mess with her. How many kids did your mom have? Four. Okay, my mom 
had 11. So my mom's the Amazon, <laughs> right? No, no, okay, go ahead. But it, you do have this, uh, I mean, the beginning of the movie in kind of a really interesting way, in an animated way, it, it speaks of, you know, Olympus and Zeus and the gods. And and this story is very connected. This is not like Spider-Man, you know, bit by a super spider and becomes super spidery. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, <laughs> but uh, this uh, main character, really, she is, in a sense, a god. She's descended from Zeus. Yep. And you have uh, in a lot of this mythology just this this ancient sense of um, the fusion of these two worlds. You know that somehow the uh, God and humanity coming together. You have the sense of paradisal man. You know that initially Zeus created man, and in, in mm-hmm. this kind of paradise tranquility, that the corruptibility of human nature, uh, this kind of uh, cosmic struggle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, even the kind of uh, the sacrifice of Zeus, you know, that with his dying breath, he gives this uh, god killer who turns out to be the girl, yeah, you yeah. know, to kind of overcome uh, the tyranny of evil in the world. It's it's really uh, kind of fascinating. We were talking about this the other day, how how, how kind of th- this great story in kind of cosmic theatrical terms, um, kind of anthropomorphized terms, um, th- this story of this great struggle for salvation and the human contact with God in some form or another. Um, just pondering all that brought me back to what we said in the beginning about the Christ-haunted culture, that this story has uh, this kind of uh, imagination of God and his engagement with man has kind of been teasing human imagination for centuries and centuries and centuries. And really, if we take Greek myth uh, as, a, as an expression of that kind of faith and that sense of the divine as an expression of human values as they're articulated in the story, then we're really not talking about uh, competing deities, you know, but we're talking yeah. about a, a real expression of, of, of what? That's yeah. the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it was now three months ago, Father Mike, when we treated the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. And I had made the point that Tolkien was the reason why C.S. Lewis came into the Christian faith. Mm. In 1929, he had already had this encounter with God, so he believed in a God. But it was in 1931 um, that, as I had remembered it then, he had come to believe in the Christian God. Mm. So I went back to read more about this recently, and I found this fascinating conversation that speaks directly to what you're saying right now. And and it happened on September 19th, 1931. So C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, I think Hugo Dyson was a part of this conversation they had dinner as they typically do there at Magdalen College, and they kind of went for an evening stroll mm. on the college campus. And C.S. Lewis told a friend, I think two days later, Arthur Graves, that that night changed his life mm. because they talked till three o'clock in the morning. And C.S. Lewis asked uh, Tolkien one question Why myth? Mm. Myth is a lie, mm. myth is just false lies given to us from an ancient world. Mm. It's worthless. And he went on to explain how Tolkien responded. And, and I'm paraphrasing now, but in essence, Tolkien says, no, no, <laughs> they are not lies. Far from, from being lies, myths are sometimes the only way, if not the best way of conveying truths that would otherwise remain inexpressible. Hmm. Essentially, Father Mike, what Tolkien was communicating to C.S. Lewis that night is that we have come from God. And inevitably, the myths woven by us, though they contain air, reflect a splintered fragment of the true light, the eternal truth, Hmm. 
that in the end is, is with God. Hmm. This is what was in the heart of Tolkien. Well, and it also, these stories, they also express in, in the drama of the story, like the great values of the culture, you know. I, so it's hard to say that these are theologies in myth, you know, like sure, competing sure. with Christian theology. And the other thing here, too, is, and it's certainly relevant to our discussion on Wonder Woman, is when you take any kind of myth and put it to screen, hmm. what's going on? Hmm. Well, you just, Father Mike, spoke to how a myth is going to communicate the values of that culture. You put that to screen, and suddenly the image of what that story is trying to tell is now evangelizing hmm. the mind and heart, right, with yeah. that image. Yeah. You know, we use the word image, imago, uh, figure, likeness, reflection. What have yeah. we talked about with von Balthasar? You know, it's all about that reflection, being able to, to look into the mirror. When we have a myth on a screen, like this superhero myth, Wonder Woman is a superhero myth, right? A perennial superhero yeah. myth. Yeah. What we have is something being communicated that as you watch it on the screen is evangelizing the heart and mind. And what is being evangelized is the truth of a culture, the truth of man, the truth of what we've been talking about as it relates to von Balthasar for the last 20 programs. Yeah, and, and myth as a genre, it's uh, important to note that it, it kind of has a style, you know, that it's always, it deals with these big, huge, inexpressible truths and very broad strokes. And the best way to put that would be uh, like a, a modern myth would be like Star Wars. And, and what's the setting? Oh, yeah. A, what's oh, the setting? Yeah. A long time ago yes. in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. I mean, so you create this huge, broad strokes universe, uh, Zeus, Olympus, in which you can begin to work out these great truths. Mm -hmm. So the great theological truth of Mount Olympus and all that, it's not attempting really as a myth to suggest this God, that God, that God, that God. Sure, sure. But in this mythic world, what are the great truths that are revealed and the relationships and the struggle and the, and the power of it all um, and the questions that it poses and tries to work out? So, so myth is a powerful bearer of theological truth, not in the sense that it suggests these theological systems, but that in a in a in a in a distant distant galaxy long long ago, this story works itself out. I I do want to suggest though, and I think this is interesting just for us as we talk about God as Christians, and particularly in a secular world, I I think that we're not aware many times of how Greek we are in our thinking, mm. uh, linguistically mm. or otherwise. Yeah. And I sure. do think when we, consciously or not, when we use the word God, people think of a character like Zeus. We think of gods as they are the, the apex creatures. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then, so you, you get in the atheist movement, well, what you, uh, famously, there was that astronaut, I think he was uh, Russian or whatever, who went up into space and he said, I have gone up into the heavens and there's no God here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Uh, that that uh, God is not just the, the 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 alpha male in the universe, but He is the potential. He is existence itself. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have a problem with the notion of God because they get the notion of God completely wrong. Yeah, I am who who am. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're looking for a Zeus type figure, mm -hmm. and um, so we can ask the question: Where is he? Is he here? Is he there? Um, and um, and again, in that Greek kind of way, that there is this great competition between the gods and between man, and so somehow a surrendering my freedom means you know that somehow God is 
you know, I'm going to be less, I'm going to have less, be less if I, if I really give my life over to this God. So this idea of the, the great conflict between divinity and humanity, very Greek, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's totally foreign, I think, to the biblical notion. And then secondly, the idea as of um, God as the, the top being in the universe versus God as the being in which all things are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think if we walk around that a couple of times, we have a lot of this Greek mythical conception of who God is, and uh, that's going to be a theological problem for us if we don't understand the biblical sense of God. Which is uh, encounter, which is uh, a personal God, mm-hmm. you know, who meets us where we are at. Uh, and. Something to be had here, and certainly it's communicated, Father Mike, in the movie, uh, the, the Wonder Woman, is that you have uh, <laughs> a mythology play out that uh, does reflect our own faith. And mm. for that reason, it allows us to, well, reflect, mm-hmm, right? I mm-hmm. mean, think about it. You have Ares, the, the god of war, right. who, as we come to discover at, at the end of the movie, was who? But more or less Lucifer, right? In mm-hmm. the Christian narrative, he tried to usurp heaven. And uh, why did he try to usurp heaven? Because uh, Zeus fell in love with humankind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. that story sound familiar, it's, right? Yeah, well, yeah. St. Thomas Aquinas would say the reason why Lucifer fell was because God fell in love with humankind. Mm. He fell in love with what he created, yeah. <laughs> who he created. Yeah. And ultimately, this is uh, at the crux of the conversation between Ares and Wonder Woman. We know Wonder Woman... Uh, left her island uh, with the Amazons to save the world because Ares is is the god of war, and if she kills Ares, then then she brings about peace. So you see this woman being the dare I say queen of peace, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to stamp out yeah. uh, the adversary in Ares. So you see this conversation between Ares and Wonder Woman, where uh, he's telling Wonder Woman, "No, come join me. Humanity mm. is not worth saving." Yeah. Right? Humanity is not worth saving. And I think I was sharing with you before we came on air, at least on a text, hey, we have to talk about this conversation because as I was watching this a second and uh, I have to say third time, <laughs> uh-huh. is that ultimately that conversation is in fact rooted in our Christian faith. It reminds me of the conversation we were talking about the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe between the witch and the lion. It says, you sacrificed oh, your life yes, and you saved yes, no yes, one. Yes, that's a good observation. Yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah, but it's that whole drama. Yeah, yeah. And what does he say? Hey, I didn't make them become the people that they are, all of this war. They and did it, that on their, on their own accord. Oh, but this is such a great spiritual insight. Yeah, to say, okay, man is still worth saving because ultimately in the end... There's greatness in man. You know, and to speak of uh, the devil or, or, or evil as a tempter and as the whisperer, but to, 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 to sometimes what happens is, uh, you know, in conversations, well, you know, I, it's the devil. He makes me do these things. No, no, we do these things. Like, we are, we're never not responsible. Amen. You know, he's a great Amen. liar, a manipulator, yep. a whisperer. Uh, the Garden of Eden is uh, the great enticing enchantment. Mm. He doesn't force the, the apple down, down their mouth. No, he just says, look. Look what you're missing out on. Well, huh. you know, and what, stru- what struck me about this movie is um, there's a cuteness to it, for lack of a better word, that she's coming with a sword and a bow and arrow into a world of nuclear, uh, yeah. the threat of nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's always, the guy, what's his name? The Captain Kirk guy. Steven. Steven. Steve, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, sorry. Steve, yeah. 
So Steven is kind of it's like a joke, like you're kidding, you're like and, and he's just kinda like has <laughs> yeah, to um go along with things. Like she's gonna come and kill Ares and the war is gonna be over. When he's thinking like, Man, this is so complicated and tanks and bombs and what are you gonna do? But but I thought that the, the brilliant or the deep insight is that, you know, um this peace by deterrence thing doesn't work. You know, we build bigger bombers and bigger this and bigger that, and that's how we're gonna resolve these issues. And yeah. and I think there's kind of a resignation in the movie that this is the war without end. There's no there's no way out. Yeah. And so it does present uh the Christian world, and that is it's a world that can't save itself. Mm. You know that it's a world in need of intervention and here and from the divine. Uh, so so that does play itself out. And um, w- what struck me about it is uh, real salvation always seems like it's not enough. Uh, it's bows and arrows against nuclear weapons. And um, th- the great insight for the movie for me is that you really have to eradicate the spiritual evils to get rid of the kind of political, social evils. Yeah. You know, that maybe real peace, it has to begin as some kind of internal reality. If if the interior life of man is corrupted, the world is going to be corrupt. Yeah, amen. The, the great definition of peace for me is that it is never to be reduced to just the absence of warfare, but spiritual welfare. Ah, uh, yeah. It, <sighs> is never, it is never defined by the negotiation of a treaty, but the, the, the wellspring of being in harmony with God. I mean, that's the great shalom, right? Covenant harmony with God, that, in, that deep interior reality. You know, as you were talking there, Father Mike, I was reminded of the scene where uh, Wonder Woman is in the foxhole. The, the guys, they're on the front. They're just depleted. They can't, you know, even show themselves because they're going to be blown up. And there's Diana Prince ready to intervene. You know, she takes out her shield. She takes off her, her overcoat and she's running to the front. Mm-hmm. And what struck me is that she just didn't wipe them all out, but she led. Mm. And as she was, what did all the men say? They were depleted, they were worn down, and they said, what is she doing? They get up, and now they start to run. They start mm. to go to battle, mm. right? It wasn't just that you know she wiped them all out and they're all good. No, it was, let me pick you up. You can do this. Let me lead. And I think there's another spiritual insight to be had. Sometimes we are called to pick up our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hmm. It's not that they can't do something. They just need us to give them a helping hand and, and let them know, yeah, you can do this. Let me lead on this front. And, and as you do, step behind me and, and you can do this. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think there was something going on there. Because so often in these superhero movies, you know, they just blow them up and wipe them out. And, yeah. But this movie did capture that, just not in that one scene, but all throughout. They were kind of working together as a team where she was actually working with these smaller private soldiers. Well, yeah, and, you know, and, and along those lines, I suppose, what, what strikes me about this movie too and a number of movies now is it's uh, this great need and effort to show the great power and strength of femininity you know, and in very heroic ways um, that, that, that in particular, I mean, all of these superhuman women's, uh, movies want to show a great superhuman strength, but in particular, it's, uh, it's the Amazons, it's an all-female island that there is um, for us, you know, if this really is a call to reflect and to see ourselves, you know, portrayed on the screen and to evaluate, 
that th this movie does represent a great need to to celebrate in a sense and to stand in awe of the strength of of woman. Uh, I, and I can't help but think of uh, you know my, my mind goes immediately to being a child. I mean, when you're a baby, whose protection do you want? Yeah. You want mom. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, so so I do think that there's something very innate and deep there as well. And uh, certainly we have we do have a lot of um, movies that celebrate you know the the strength of of man and manhood. You know, what it means to be feminine is to be the, the receiver to nest. But in doing so, there's this always deeper call, this, this deeper conviction to live out that plus vocation. And for Wonder Woman, that plus vocation was to, well, she's the God killer, yeah. right? And yeah. there, I mean, how can one not think of Mary, Father Mike? Yeah. And yeah. I read a lot on the uh, Marian allegory, the Marian typology, and I'll be totally honest with you, I wasn't overwhelmed by it. Right. But that point, I was. I mean, there, I think there's some truth to that, because in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, right, it's, it's the woman crushing the head of the serpent. I mean, she's, as Mary's immaculately conceived, saying yes to God, she's the Satan killer. Right? Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting about this movie? I thought, gosh... Wonder Woman thought she killed Ares mm -hmm. in Lugendorf, right? right? Lugendorf. Right, she right. thought she killed Ares, and, and why isn't there peace? I, I killed Ares. And she comes to find out that that wasn't Ares. And I thought to myself, huh, Mary crushes the head of the serpent, but the battle's still going to continue. The battle's still going to go on. Hmm. There's still going to be that spiritual warfare. Yeah. Uh, there's still going to be, for every day there is, that titanic struggle hmm. uh, between good and evil. And Mary's going to be there, just as Wonder Woman was there, right, battling Ares. Not Lugendorf, who she thought was Ares, but the actual Ares, who she ends up defeating. Again, and it's, it's just a, a commentary on the movie, or just the thrust of the movie, and make of it what you will, but it's very much um, that uh, woman is the protector of man in this movie. Mm -hmm. The Amazons, and then corruptible man, and, and it's kind of like... Uh, you know, comically so, you know, she we she sees her first male specimen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but there is this deal that, that uh, and, and, and to me, that's it's just very fascinating. Yeah, you I mean, know, I, I was, uh, I always do this at weddings sometimes. I share with them that, that uh, Genesis story, the creation of Adam and Eve. I always tell the, uh, the groom at the altar, I say, you know, in this story of creation, man and woman, he says, uh, Eve is made out of the rib. And the ribs protect your heart. So in this story, Eve is the protector, you know, because she's the rib. Hmm. And, hmm. Um, you know, and she protects him from being alone, i.e. living for himself. So I always tell him, your yeah. job, her job is to make sure that you're uh, doing things you don't want to do for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to call you out of selfishness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean... No, it, I like that insight. So like if that. there is that original sense that Eve is the rib in the sense that she's God's remedy for man living for himself. And of course, we have to maybe step outside of gender roles and speak more generally of human nature. That sure, sure. Human nature is not complete until we're living selflessly for the other. But specifically, because it's an engendered story, you know, if Eve is the rib and she's God's remedy for man's living for himself, you uh, you kind of see somehow that sense of that, that uh, protecting role in which uh, somehow... Femininity here is is protecting this all male catastrophe. It seems. Yeah, and and one is drawn to the Garden of Eden. Why? Because remember the beginning of the story. How is it told? But Wonder Woman being formed out of clay, right? Uh, so you know, one is immediately kind of made to think of the Garden of Eden in the Book of Genesis. Now, in saying that, the original writer of Wonder Woman 
did not set out to write a great Christian allegory. Oh, of course but not, no. As, as others have, you know, we've talked about Narnia and certainly Tolkien with Lord of the Rings, but there are Christian elements in a movie like this, in a superhero movie like this. Why? Because, again, we live in a Christ-haunted culture and a God-haunted culture. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, and I guess a closing, closing thought, it just strikes me as we wrap up here, there is that sense of uh, tapping in the kind of mess of the world of the war. There's that sense of tapping into that purer place. Mm. You know, you have this kind of totally insulated island with all these Amazon goddesses. Yeah. You know, that yeah. somehow there, there is this appeal to the supernatural, that the world is uh, unable, of, uh, unable to save itself, and we do need to reach out uh, to what is beyond us if we're going to hope for peace. Amen. And which leads to my closing thought, Father Mike, what does the movie end with? What does Wonder Woman say? But my mission is to love. Mm. It kind of puts before each and every one of us this call we have to love. My mission is to love. If I'm going to eradicate evil in the world, it's not going to be done with bombs and, and this and that, but love. And not some sentimental love, but a love that is rooted uh, in a deep truth. And that deep truth is the very gift of yourself. Mm. Amen to that. Once again, we did not talk about what we are going to do next week. I do want to encourage our listening audience to uh, send us your movies. Uh, send us those movies that might be in the movie theaters. I personally was not overwhelmed by anything that is in the movie theater right now. And right. it's kind of hard, you know, unless I'm compelled to talk about it, I'm just not going to go and see it. Uh, so, uh, again, just continue to send me those movies. Uh, I, I, I appreciated the fact that I got three requests for Wonder Woman. So uh, there are some movies that are in between the the movie theater and DVD release. I've received a number of requests for um, movies that just aren't out yet, right. and we missed them in the movie theater. So... Uh, anyhow, I don't know if you had any other closing thoughts, Father Mike. No, just that we'll get there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting yeah. for some of those movies to come yeah. out too. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you can close this with a word of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for um, for all the ways in which you uh, continue to speak to us. And we ask that uh, you open our hearts to hear you. And we ask for your blessing, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I just want to postscript yeah. this uh, program, Father Mike, with just uh, thanking you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, it's an honor. You are a busy man, a busy priest. You know, there are a lot of people appreciating these simple conversations because, as we've said, movies speak to the heart, and people love to talk about movies. And when we come to discover those deep Christian themes, it does something for us. At the very least, it, it encourages us to reflect more about who we are called to be um, in our relationship with God, and you're definitely an important part of that. So I just want to express my my deep gratitude for your gift of time. Well, it's good to be with you. It's good for me to be with you and with all your listeners. So yeah. God bless you. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth. Heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 530 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.